0: a podcast <clears throat> a podcast network Hey 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 I'm shaking up some protein powder in a bottle of water Hey 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 trying to be healthy trying I'm trying I'm really really trying Oh it's so difficult Alright, it should be mixed, let me have a taste, mmm, e. what's up everybody? 10.09pm, March 12th, 2019, the year of our Lord, um, Yeah, once again, I'm down to the wire, trying to get an episode out before the due date. And uh, doing it in my kitchen, so I have a better recording setup than, uh, well, better than my phone and my car. But my kitchen is a mess. They had to fix the sink, and so they did it while I was gone. And they literally just moved everything off the counter onto the floor around my desk. Just ugh. it's just a mess. Everything's a mess. Why can't I clean? I can do everything, but cl- motivate to clean. I just went out and walked uh, about five miles uh, through the hills and. Um, a sweaty mess, I'm exhausted, I'm a little bit wheezy, not too bad, <clears throat> it was freezing, it was freezing out there, and I just had a hoodie, um, I probably should have worn something else, I mean, I wore pants and shoes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was freezing, and then I hiked really fast to the point of sweating and then when i stopped i started to get really cold you guys know how it goes right um but i got i for my birthday i got an apple watch and i love it i'm usually not that into that kind of stuff but There's a fitness app on it. The fitness app is also just on your iPhone. But for some reason, having it on my wrist makes it like a game. And I found my friend Rob Buckley also has an Apple Watch. And uh, so we buddied up on the fitness app. And so every time he reaches his goal for the day, I get an alert, which really motivates me to uh, then go out and make sure I get in all my steps for the day, all my exercise. It's really weird, the fitness app for iPhone has three categories. Kinda weird, one says just move. It's just move, just, you know, your arms, your legs, walk around, just your daily activities. And you want to burn, according to this app, it has it. For me, it started at 530 calories. Uh, I just moved it up to 750. So that's one category. And it's these rings. One's red, one's green, and one's blue. And um, as you get closer and closer to your goal the ring tends to fill out and once it goes all the way around you get an alert saying you did it you moved you got your 750 calories burned today and um and then if you slide it it'll say active calories versus total calories um it says my active calories burned 1,257 total calories, 4,178. So that's one ring. That's one, uh, part of the fitness app. The other one is exercise, which I feel like exercise and movement should be the same thing, but it has uh, 30 minutes of exercise a day on this app. I'm cool with that. <laughs> um, I, today, did 54 minutes out of the 30, so I am almost doubled it. Um, Oh, I think the total active time is for the week, because it says 14 hours. Today, 54 minutes, total active time, 14 hours. I don't know. I'm not... I got to (laughs) read. I'm just trying to fill out these colorful rings and and get my uh, alerts that I that I reach my goal for the day because when I do, then Rob Buckley gets a um, he gets a prompt that says he, that, he, that says I did it. and that'll make him motivate to do more and then I get prompted when he does it. It's a pretty cool app. But the weird one, so it's three rings. One is you know 750 calories of movement. Or you get from movement, one is 30 minutes of exercise, and the other one, it says stand. It wants you to stand a certain amount of time every day. And according to this, the the default setting on this app, it wants you to stand 12 hours. That's fucking crazy. What if you have a desk job? Even if you go and exercise for one hour, you've only stood for one hour. It's Both on my uh, app and what I've noticed on Rob's, um, it's hardest to get the standing achievement. I can do exercise. I can do walking. I can do movement. Standing is the tough one. Like, I I was just in Nashville, and I flew back Sunday night, and um, if you sit for too long, your phone buzzes, your Apple Watch buzzes, and it says, um, time to stand. I'm like, I'm on a four and a half hour flight. I'm really, I'm in no place to stand. I'm also on a window seat. I don't want to crawl over everybody. So that's been the tough one. However, today it says I have stood 11 of 12 hours. That can't be right. I have not, I did not stand for 12 hours, or 11 hours today, period. No effing way. Whatever. Oh good, the refrigerator went off. I'm sure you guys are stoked. Yeah, so I walked five miles today. And uh, an equivalent, it says, of 17 flights of stairs. Uh, says I've only gotten about 9,000 steps. Ideally, I'd like to get 10. So that's got to be like six miles. Jeez Louise. Who can walk six miles in a day? That's bonkers. Anyway, so yeah, I, I mentioned that... Um, I mean, A, there's no guests this week because I haven't been home. I've been in Nashville, Tennessee for, let's see, Thursday through Sunday night, that's like four days, um, which I could have spent one of those days recording someone if I had had the time, but I didn't, I was out of town, so I got back last night, I had stuff to do yesterday, and so here we are, once again, Steve Agee, down to the last minute, waiting to record his podcast. Ah, oh, geez, sorry, guys. Um, I'd never been to Nashville in my life. I loved it. It's a pretty cool city. I like the music scene. I went and I did stand-up comedy. Um, it was really fun. The people were great. The crowd was great. I have a few mu- musician friends who live in Nashville. I got to see them, and uh, that was really cool. Um. But it rained almost the entire time. It was, A, it was freezing in Nashville, which is a bummer. And, B, it was raining. So, I would have liked to have had uh, a little bit better weather. But I still got all my steps in. I walked everywhere. I could have literally just laid in bed all day. It was in a brand new hotel. It was their first week of being open. So it was their grand opening weekend, which was a bummer because they had like a DJ in the lobby, all sorts of fucked up events. Like it was just a mob scene in the lobby, um, which I don't give a shit about. Congratulations, you have a hotel. (laughs) Wait, is that our title. Congratulations. You have a hotel. Yep. There we go. You got it. Um, yeah, I'm still a little bit wheezy from that hike. Um, yeah, I don't give a shit that it's your first week open. Congratulations. Every single business that you see, operating currently had a first week open and i'm sure not all of them had a fucking dj ah man it was one of those you know boutique hotels it's called dream nashville the rooms were really cool really nice pretty quiet Uh, once you got up to your room the lobby was just a zoo of people and they were just overcompensating um opening weekend we got there in a lift and uh we couldn't even get out of the car fast enough and there were literally i'm not even joking there were three of us me and my friend brendan and his wife courtney three of us we each had like three bags and and before we could get out of the car no joke at least six or seven bellhops mobbed around your car all grab every single bag you own and they all walk them in it's like Am I fucking supposed to tip fucking seven, six or seven guys? This is crazy. Also, I didn't ask. I didn't ask you to grab my bags. Usually they're like, can I get your bag, sir? There you go. Oh, I'm good. Or sure. This was just like we were still in the car and they were halfway in the building. I was, was like, what if we weren't even going in this building? What if we were across the street or next door? So they were just overcompensating that, you know, there was like five guys standing by the door opening the door. It's just like they hired way too many people for opening weekend. <clears throat> but the rooms, I got to say, my room had hands down, I've been traveling for decades, and this was hands down the single greatest blackout curtain i've ever experienced in a hotel so that's one good thing um i honestly i closed it thinking oh blackout curtain here we go again usually with blackout curtains for some reason they don't go all the way shut and there's almost i'd say 99.9 percent of the time there's a little slice of light that goes through and it always seems to go right to your face in bed. So that was uh, not the case. You know, it was East Coast time obviously, so I was still a little tired in the morning. But uh, I think the first morning I woke up at like almost 11 or noon, Tennessee time, East Coast time. But I, I woke up because I had to go to the bathroom. I had to pee. <laughs> I like go. I get back in bed. It is pitch black. And I like just kind of grab my watch to see or my uh, iPhone to see what time it is. It's like noon. I was like, whoa. I just slept like eight, eight or nine hours. That's amazing. Opened up the uh, curtain. Even though it was raining outside, it was super bright in the room. I know sleep's really important. I got plenty of sleep there, but because of those blackout curtains, I probably could have gotten, I don't know, easily 10 hours of sleep each night. A, because of the three-hour time difference. (laughs) B, also Saturday night into Sunday morning was uh, daylight savings. Spring ahead. So waking up at 10 in the morning was really like waking up at nine in the morning. So Sunday I could have, Sunday was really hard to, to get out of bed. Hey, Steve, when are you going to talk about health and fitness and medicine? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Um, I feel good. I've been exercising a lot. Um, still haven't gotten fully back on board the program because of the travel still been a little down getting ready for uh, my friend's memorial which was actually last night so I think things are finally gonna get back to back to normal or as normal as can be it was a very draining memorial um it's weird when it's someone um young i mean he was 48 He's not a spring chicken as they say but um that's still too young to go and um so that's always for some reason like a tougher funeral i've gone to funerals for you know adult relatives obviously my father aunts uncles grandparents and they're very sad, but it's the cycle of life. And if somebody lives long enough, um, you eventually get to a point where you can say, "Oh, they lived a great life. They they did a lot. They traveled. They they lived a full life." Eighties are not bad. A- well, eighties are fucking great. One it's like not a relative, but a friend who's depressed and takes their own life and they're only in their forties. And it's, it's a rougher one to, uh, to go to. I know I talked about this all before, but it's still fresh in my head because of last night. And it was amazing. um, It was an amazing Memorial. Jesus, I'm going to get choked up. Um, it was at the comedy store in, uh, here in Hollywood. And I've never seen, I've performed in that room. It was in the main room at the comedy store and I've never seen that room. So packed. It was full of comedians of all levels in their career, like very successful people. Uh, up-and-coming comedians it was full of writers other actors producers um the sorry the the wait staff filled the room like all the wait staff came in to watch and um it was uh very touching very beautiful um i wish he could have seen it he would have loved the attention (laughs) Um, A couple friends, the Sklar brothers, a twin. Yeah, they did this podcast like not very long ago. Um, They knew Brody very well as well. And they they spoke at the memorial and said, uh, and I think a lot of people have mentioned that it's too bad he couldn't have seen this. Like it's too bad we couldn't have done the memorial like two months earlier and and had him be able to see it, which oddly enough, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast. I don't know if I have, I think I have, uh, with Dave Dasmalchin when he d- has done the podcast a couple times. I'm, I'm fairly sure we've talked about it. And this goes along with what, uh, the Sklar brothers were saying. Um, Dave and I have wanted to, for a long time to do these, uh, living funerals dave keeps calling them living wakes but it's not a wake it it would you know it's an actual funeral we would give for our friends who are still alive Um, it sounds really dark but it also sounds kind of awesome to me where you pick a friend once a month or you know every few months every other month however (laughs) it, it would be a lot to do but you pick one person for that month or when or whatever time period it is, and all the friends get together and honestly have a funeral. Not a joking, not of a, a funny funeral, unless you know that's the way you would do it if the person actually died. But you actually do a funeral for somebody. <laughs> Every time I have have talked about this idea out loud, it sounds so fucking creepy. (laughs) Dave and I talk about it all the time. And when we're talking about it, just the two of us, it doesn't sound very creepy. When I'm talking about it alone on this podcast, it sounds really fucking morbid. But... uh, with a lot of memorials I've been to for friends for even for family a lot one thing you hear a lot is oh so and so would have really loved this so i i'm like why don't we do this for them to actually see i don't know man had to deal with a lot of death lately so it's been on my mind a lot more um you know i had my 50th birthday a a couple weeks two weeks ago and by the way i'm fine with it now i i know i was already kind of fine with it going into it but it's i feel no different just like i said you know i i did a i recorded two episodes ago i recorded on my uh birthday and, um, you know, you don't feel any different. You wake up, you feel the same as you did the day before, you know, when you were, quote, a a year younger, a number younger, you weren't a full year younger, you weren't 365 days younger, but it's honestly just weird to say the number. It's weird, it's fucking weird to say I'm 50. Hi, I'm Steve, and I'm 50. It it still doesn't sound right. Um, I mean, the one good thing is I'm on the low end of the 50s now. I am the lowest end of the 50s I can get other than two weeks ago on my actual birthday. But now I have, uh, you know, 10 more years before I have to worry again. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, oh yeah, I know where I was going with this. So my 50th was coming up and, uh, sorry, I need to drink this protein powder because I just exercised. Mm. Dave Dasmolchen called me up and he said, um, okay, so let's talk about your birthday. He goes, we have some ideas, but we need to run some things by you. I was like, and sorry for the sniffling. It's it was really cold and and shit outside. Whatever. Anyhow, also I just I've flown twice in the past week, so I'm shocked I haven't gotten sick. That's pretty cool, by the way. Somebody um, remind me to go to finish this story about Dave and my birthday. But um, if you follow me on the We're No Doctors Instagram, you know that I try to weekly post uh, a photo of the CDC flu map to show the uh, what the outbreak of flu looks like across the country for like the past three or four weeks the, the map has been solid brown which is widespread which is a bummer and I had to fly during that I was a little nervous even though I had the flu shot whatever <laughs> It doesn't bother me as much anymore this podcast has really helped me out you know in that respect i'm just at a point where i'm like fuck it i'll fly whatever if i get sick i get sick people get sick and that's that um but i flew you know thursday and i flew last night very full planes in the cold and flu season it was fine also the newest uh flu map by the way which i posted friday um vermont is yellow washington dc is still yellow hawaii is yellow so we're uh going back down i think we uh have hit the precipice we've hit the crux we've hit the peak of flu season i think we're uh, on the downslide. so that's good news okay what i was gonna say about dave was he's like we got some options for your birthday he goes. One, we could all go some. We could get a bunch of friends and go somewhere cool. We could have a party locally, or we could. And I know we've talked about this a bunch. You could be the first quote guest at our, our uh, funeral party. We could have a funeral for you. And uh, you can live through your own funeral. And boy, when he said it, it really kind of freaked me out. (laughs) It's been something we've been so excited about for so long, Dave and I. And then uh, he presented it to me and I was like, oh, Hmm. this is my birthday. This is kind of dark. And he was like, you know. He goes, Eve, which is his wife. She's been on the podcast as well. He's like, Eve thinks that's a little too dark. And I was like, yeah, let's go somewhere. (laughs) It's a good idea. I don't know if we should do it on birthdays, though. Maybe we should. Oh, man. There's so much to discuss. Dave and I really need to get together and discuss this. But also, you know, there are friends of mine who I wanted to come, uh, one who just lost a parent. So it's like, do we really want to make them sit through my funeral, you know, after just losing a parent? So we opted to go to the Madonna Inn in San Luis Obispo. And uh, I think it was a better choice. Um. (laughs) Uh, Although I, I still am curious what all my friends would say at my funeral. And we still have a lot of details to work out about this uh, living funeral. Like, do you really go all out and make it a real funeral and call their family? Um, Because I think with friends, it's cool to do. I think with family, especially older family, like that's pushing it. Like, I don't think if we had done that funeral for me, I think my mom would have. (laughs) I think my mom would have been super disturbed. (laughs) Someone would have had to give her a ride out here to L.A. That's an hour of her time to come to her son's fake funeral and then watch a bunch of his friends who she doesn't really know um god it's such a weird yeah we have a lot of stuff to work out with these living funerals (laughs) but i think it'll happen i think it's gonna happen we're gonna make this happen Mmm. vanilla i gotta get back into the gym like i was saying um it was hard because I honestly I don't think there was a gym in our hotel. I think that was a weird thing. So I was just walking everywhere. Even though it was raining, I would just they had umbrellas in the lobby that you could just take, and I would take an umbrella and I would just go walk in the rain. Oddly enough, when it wasn't raining, it was freezing. When it was raining, it would be like fifteen degrees warmer, which is the th- I believe is a thing I've always noticed. I believe. It gets warmer when it rains because there's cloud cover blocking, you know, the the cold air from above. I think the clouds act like a blanket and they just kinda of warm things up. So I don't know. I would just get a an umbrella and I would just walk for miles and explore Nashville. And it was cool. The cool part about the rain was that there was not a lot of people out. The bad part was I had only brought my Nike sneakers, my walking shoes, which are like cloth and uh, just soaked my feet. First 15 minutes of walking, day one, stepped in a puddle, both feet just soaked my shoes, which means soaked my socks. So my feet were freezing on my walk. Got back to the hotel. (laughs) <laughs> went and went number two on the toilet, and while I was sitting on the toilet, just going to the bathroom instead of checking my email and Twitter and Instagram and stuff, I I plugged in the hair dryer and I sat there blow drying the insides of my shoe. It was pretty effective, actually. So uh, day two, I went and bought boots. So I was like, "Well, I'm here for a few days. I don't want to keep dealing with this soaking, my feet getting wet and me getting cold. I don't want to get sick." Um, so I bought some boots. Great story, Steve. Well, it's kind of health related. I managed to travel across the country and not get sick during the height the height of cold and flu season. Mm. Um, but now I'm back and. I don't, I don't think I have any plans, uh, super recently to fly again. So that's good. Although I'm next month, I'm going to Austin, Texas for a few days to work on a short film with some friends. That'll be fun. I haven't been to Austin in like 12 years or more. That'll be cool. Um, and then I'm really excited about this. I just put down a deposit on a uh, meditation retreat, seven days in Indonesia. I know that's weird. It's also like a 30 hour flight, which when you're six foot six is a huge bummer. I can't do first class because that's really expensive. International first class, it's like $6,000. So that is off the table. Um, I keep looking into, there's a, there's a thing called Scott's Cheap Flights where they notify you anytime there's, well, cheap flights somewhere. So I'm signed up for that. Hopefully I'll find something to Indonesia or Australia or Singapore I don't know. I got to I got to find a cheap flight to Indonesia. Holy shit. It's funny that I would be going to Indonesia <laughs> for a meditation retreat. So basically going to literally just calm myself, my whole being, my whole spirit, my whole essence to calm it. Yet getting there It's probably the most stressful thing I could imagine. Flying. I hate flying. I can't imagine being in coach for 30 hours. I'm not against coach. I'm not above flying coach. It's just when I do it, it's usually like, you know, it's usually like a maximum of like five hours if I'm flying down like New York or something. And that's, I can do that. I don't like to because I'm six foot seven. I'm not exactly skinny. I'm skinnier now, but I'm not exactly skinny. So, uh, you know, I'm afraid of getting a blood clot in my leg while I'm flying 30 hours to Indonesia. That would be fucked up. Oh, he was on his way to Indonesia to a meditation retreat and he got a blood clot halfway across the Pacific Ocean. They estimate he died over Australia. (laughs) I used to be so afraid of flying. I used to be so impossibly afraid of flying. I grew up, flew a lot with my family. You know, I went to a a school on the East Coast when I was in high school for two years. So I flew for every, you know, major vacation uh, holiday. So I flew a lot when I was younger. Never had a problem. Actually loved it. And then I was dating a girl who... I, I may have talked about this, but who who knows? I, I can't remember anything. I can barely remember my name now. But, but uh, I was dating a girl whose family lived in Sacramento. And I was uh, up with her, visiting her parents for a, i think it was probably a holiday we were in sacramento and it came time to fly back to la from san francisco and not lax burbank it is literally less than an hour it's like a it's like a 45 minutes f- flight those flights like san francisco and sacramento you take off by the time you, it's like 20 minutes 25 almost 30 minutes till you get to your cruising altitude the plane levels off. They turn off the the seatbelt signs. They serve drinks, and then you start your descent on it. It's super quick, and so me and my girlfriend at the time, uh, we're leaving Sacramento. We get on the plane. The plane starts to take off. I mean, we are like five minutes into our ascent, and I have a massive massive panic attack like top five panic attacks I've ever had in my life it was bad and I was on a window seat I believe maybe the middle I think I was a window seat plane was still going up Seatbelt signs were on I literally just climbed over my girlfriend the person who was sitting on the aisle as well ran back to the bathroom went into the bathroom and spent pretty much the entire flight in the bathroom like splashing water on my face freaking out and um you know for those who have dealt with or had panic attacks you know one of the issues is after you have a panic attack you have other panic attacks because you're worrying about having another panic attack it's a horrible chain reaction and uh it's brutal And one thing you tend to do is spend your time avoiding things like avoiding whatever you did when you had your first panic attack, which for me was flying. So I, for almost 10 years, would associate flying with panic attacks. So I didn't fly for like 10 years. I was afraid of flying. I flew maybe twice. And it was terrifying. Now I don't it does it i you know now that i have my anxiety and panic disorder under uh control it's not an issue i'm not afraid to fly i just hate flying because i'm tall and it's oh my god flying is annoying oh really steve we didn't know that (laughs) i will tell you what for me worst part of flying hands down number one with a bullet worst part for me about flying is boarding the plane like you know say it says uh, your flight leaves at 10:30 the plane boards at 9 uh, 45 so you get there early you get there at like nine 8.30 or nine you' you know you get something to some coffee or whatever and you sit in the lounge waiting not the lounge but the sit at the gate waiting and then uh, you know boarding time is 9:45 you start looking around and you notice people like starting to crowd around the entrance to the gate and it's fucking just chaos it's like people who have seats in the back of the plane are just standing up at the front You know, it's just, there's no fucking order. (laughs) It is anarchy, it's chaos, it is fucking people at their shittiest when they're trying to get onto a plane. Because no one wants to check their bag, no one wants to be the asshole who gets on the plane towards the end to find out there's no more overhead compartment space and they have to check their bag. I'm convinced that's the main reason everyone's crowding around trying to get a good spot and jockeying to get in. Oh, I just hate it. Ugh. So I'm all in and I'm in it too. I'm like, well, fuck it. I don't you know, I have a seat towards the front. I'm not in first class, but I I don't you know. I just wanna get on the fucking plane, get in my seat and meditate before we take off. Uh, I'm good once I get on the plane and I can meditate, I'm fine. But Jesus Christ, the fucking 15 to 20 minutes leading up uh, leading up to uh, boarding. Jesus Christ, it's stressful. That's the worst part of flying for me. That's it's even worse than me being tall in coach class. I mean, that's a close second. I need to. I've decided I need to get a credit card. Uh, uh like a. I I mostly fly Delta. I have Sky Miles with Delta, so I need to get like a Delta Mastercard or a Delta Visa. Something that every time I buy something with my credit card, I get points. My friend's wife had that, and she was just, like, upgrading like crazy. I'm like, ah, I got to do that. We have not talked about a lot of medical shit. Mm, Let me go to some emails. Opening up my phone. Hmm. Mm -hmm. by the way it is March 12th we're two and a half months into 2019 I have not worked one day this year that's stressful to me I'm just burning through my money and uh, I worked so much last year it was crazy it was awesome it let me breathe a little easier especially towards the end of the year when i'm usually like really stressed out but now it's like (sighs) because guess what landlords do not give a shit if you're not working (laughs) they want that goddamn rent all right no docs Mm -mm. I don't think I've read this one. All right. This one is from a listener named Abby. It's called... (laughs) See that? My frickin' watch, my Apple watch just rang and told me, it's time to stand. Listen, Apple, I got a a podcast to do. I'm not going to stand up right now. Plus, I just walked five miles. Give me a break. Literally, like 40 minutes ago, I just finished a five-mile walk. Come on. All right, so this is from Abby. It's called ureteroscopy. Ouch. It says, hey, so last year I had that same procedure. And uh, this is, I'm sure she's talking to my kidney stone surgery from a month or so ago um where they went up through my pee hole through my bladder and up through my ureter with a scope and laser and broke up some kidney stones uh hey so i uh, last year i had that same procedure and honestly post-surgery was more painful than when i had a c-section thank you abby <laughs> uh that's good to know my pain wasn't uh all in my head the pain from that stent was unbearable the Tylenol codeine combo they gave me after afterwards made me feel disgusting and only mildly helped with the cramping and then I developed a rash all over my body a day and a half afterwards from the painkillers medicine is just not an exact science it's great we live in a great time better than turn of the century. Um, but still man I happen to be home alone so my stent and I somehow hobbled to an urgent care center when I saw this rash happening and the doctor there said yeah it looks like you're allergic to either the codeine or the Tylenol so don't take anything at all now uh, parenthesis she says I've had Tylenol before but whatever End parentheses. I hate taking medication but in this case I needed something so I freaked out I was told to take Benadryl before bed for the rash which might help with the pain so I did by the way that's my go-to if I have hives if I have a rash any kind of allergic uh, anything for me it's bedtime is great because I can take a Benadryl or two And just sleep it off and the antihistamines and the Benadryl usually clear up whatever my problem is. Um, And again, I'm no doctor, so please consult an actual physician if you have uh, questions about this, folks. Okay, so Abby continues, I'm also a second grade teacher in New York City. And for some stupid reason, I decided on day three post-surgery that I should surely go back to work. Ugh. So I took a Tylenol in the morning before slowly heading to work, and then I convinced myself that I was actually allergic to Tylenol and that maybe I would die. So I popped two Benadryls (laughs) and continued on my way to teach (laughs) seven-year-olds. Oh, my God, that's brutal. I don't remember the last time that I (laughs) took Benadryl during the day. But I can guarantee you It was when I had a free day to sleep In fact yeah It was probably It was probably like a year ago I woke up in the morning And uh, had really bad vertigo And so I just took a Benadryl Went back to sleep Slept uh, for like another few hours And uh, my vertigo was gone That's kind of my go to as well Um When I say I taught high that day, I mean I was essentially wasted on Benadryl and also responsible for the well-being and education of young children. I think I've only ever taken Benadryl once before, and it was right before bed. Bad decision to start the day with that type of medication. Holy shit, I remember slurring my words while reading a book to them. Luckily, no administrators came in to observe me teaching that day. I love benadryl so much uh sometimes i'll take it at night like if i'm feeling a little dizzy or just need to get to sleep and every now and then i'll like phone a friend and then just talk i like to talk to someone until the benadryl kicks in and puts me to sleep but there's usually a period while we're talking when it kicks in that i just i do i I guess i do get a little slurred in the speech but also I, i tend to like kind of nod out and like not finish my sentences um it's my favorite thing for allergies uh I I have a friend who she has like multiple allergies she's one of those people that sadly is allergic to a lot of shit including red uh you know dye that's in a lot of foods like food coloring like red food coloring I forget what it's called, like red number five or something like that. Uh, it's got a number that sounds really ominous and bad for you. But she um, she would uh, have to take... There's two, Luckily, there's two kinds of Benadryl. There's the regular pills that are pink, and those have the dye in them, and she can't take those because she'll have a really bad reaction to the Benadryl, oddly enough. Um, but there are... Jenna, genital (laughs) they're genable. there's benadryl uh gel caps they're like clear and i like those better because they seem to work faster you know and if i need it really really fast like if i'm having a really bad reaction like when i had a really bad reaction to taking cipro and i got a rash like head to toe and in my mouth and throat and was wheezing i didn't want to like take a Benadryl and wait 15 to 20 minutes for it to kick in so I luckily I had the gel the gels and so I I popped two of them and bit down to break them and uh, it hit me a lot faster so if you're allergic to dyes like there there is other Benadryl options also sometimes if you go to the hospital they can give you Benadryl in liquid form like in your IV which is from what I understand is great. (laughs) Uh, let's get back to this email. The good news is that when the stent is finally removed, that procedure takes three seconds and it didn't hurt at all. Oh, I think she wrote this before I had my stent out and I was super worried and asking people if they had any, uh, experience with this. Uh, took about three seconds it didn't hurt at all i remember having some cramping for the next day a little bit afterwards but then it was totally fine good luck stay stone free abby uh thank you for your email abby um yeah it it, uh, well i talked about that procedure and it was fucked up I wanted to say oh, it's fucked up because I'm a guy, but I know Jillian Bell, who was on the podcast, had a really bad experience with the stent. But like the actual procedure of having it removed, you know, ladies, your equipment is on the inside, but you still have a urethra just like me. So, the show is fucked up, y'all. Oh, here's one. I read this a while back, but I haven't gotten to it. I'll read this right now. Hey Steve, you are the first podcast host to ever get an email from me, so let's hope this goes well. This is from someone named Michelle. Uh, First, you may have already heard this from a few people, but you have to watch the documentary Root Cause on Netflix. For real, it's primarily about how many doctors and others in the dental and medical community now believe that root canals are the source of other medical issues, including anxiety anxiety heart issues, even some cancers um, because they essentially leave a dead part of your body in your body. Add a chemical to it to seal it and call it good. There are meridians in the body that line up with your teeth, which is also why there are pressure points in your hands, etc., which line up from specific teeth to those organs or areas of the body. At this point, you may be thinking, this sounds really hokey. I actually don't think it sounds hokey, but it's not like that. A couple of days after I watched it, a national study came out that was on the main NBC News website linking gingivitis to Alzheimer's slash dementia. So it was uh, backing up this film. As I was watching it, I was wondering if wisdom teeth removal or issues somehow caused migraines. My surgery was fine as far as I know, but what if they left a piece of something... (laughs) My chronic migraine started close to the same time as my surgery, so I thought, just maybe. While they did get the wisdom teeth and a couple of other dental issues, they said that it causes problems mostly with other areas. Weirdly, I was disappointed. So I think you'd be really interested. I have to warn you that for some insane reason, they show a root canal for like five seconds at the beginning. I looked away. I can watch most things, but no, sir. I honestly have no problem watching medical stuff. Uh, I find it fascinating. What I don't like watching is people throwing up. People post videos on YouTube or, you know, people puking on roller coasters and shit, and that that bums me out. (laughs) As for my migraines, that's a whole other story that I'll just hit the most recent detail here for time's sake. I had a second MRI done at Thanksgiving after 13 years, mostly to get my primary care doctor to send me to a specialist and they found out I have a rare brain disease and a few other things listed on the report that I didn't understand. No tumors. Thankfully, uh, what in the actual hell when my doctor called, she legit gave me the website for the damn NIH. There's an underlying issue associated with, um, with this disease that we have to figure out what that might be so this will be an interesting year i'm seeing the neurologist next week and i have a huge list of questions built up in my phone for him uh that's smart i always when i'm about to go to the doctor if i have questions about something like i did with this stent removal i wrote a bunch of stuff down <laughs> in my phone because i usually get in and the doctors come in and they're so calming they're like hey how you doing oh no this is easy we're gonna do this and uh oh, just relax and then I always forget to ask questions. So um, Michelle has a good point. Write, write shit down. Do not do not be afraid to ask your doctor questions. Um, it's your right to know answers. Uh, getting back to the email. I was going to wait to email you until after so that you'd have a cool story. But I'm hoping you'll say you watched that documentary because of Michelle in Lubbock, Texas. But I'll let you know about the brain thing too if you want. Um Of course, I do want to know. (laughs) Finally, I'm pretty sure you know my aunt. Oh, per your mention of mutual buddies in Queens of the Stone Age and your lucky trips to Joshua Tree and seeing her likes of your Instagram stuff. Well, I won't read uh, first and last names, but she names her aunt. Anyway, she'd roll her eyes more than I usually do if she knew I was emailing the podcast and you. I uh, hope you're feeling better from your surgery and have a great groundhog day. Michelle. Uh, thank you, Michelle. I actually do want to watch that um, documentary. I've had a few other people tell me to watch it. Like actual friends of mine say I should watch it. Um, yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, I know there's a TV show called The Nick. I've talked about it a lot on this podcast. I highly mech- re- rend. <laughs> I highly recommend uh, if you can rent it. I don't know if it's for rent anywhere. I know you can buy it on like iTunes, but find the, the Nick starring Clive Owen. It was originally released on. Uh, uh, what's the what's the channel? It's not HBO. It's not Showtime. Cinemax. The one they they used to call skinamax it was like softcore porn and shit but it was on uh cinemax which is really weird um i saw it it was on hbo go for some reason I, I think they probably have the same parent company but for a while it was on hbo go um or hbo now i don't think it is, is anymore but find the nick it's only two seasons it's a it's a quick watch but it uh, takes place in a hospital in the turn of the century um, in New York. Um, I think it's based on Bellevue. Um, Bellevue was a mental institution. Maybe it is, maybe there actually was a hospital called the Knickerbocker in, in New York. Um, but it's based on an actual hospital in New York in 1901. And just watch the way they f- tried to treat people they used cocaine so much and heroin like to try to treat people it was insane oh some of the treatments are so barbaric I it, you watch it and there's some really graphic shit that might be hard for some people to watch it was more fascinating for me I really liked watching it but it was it was just more of just a shock and it really made me appreciate it it made me appreciate what I have now, as far as medicine. Like we, yeah, God, I just dodged a bullet being born when I did. So much medical advancement, and it's funny because in, you know, a hundred years from now, people will be talking about the early two thousands, going, you know how they used to fucking fix teeth in two thousand and nineteen. They would just pull them out put a fake one in it's crazy like chemicals and shit we're always learning you know medicine is a science it's trial and error and um you know luckily the tools to try and learn also get you know the technology gets more advanced as as does the medicine and the procedure so we're kind of lucky to be living when we do, but I want to see that uh, documentary. Um, yeah, because I've had a few root canals. I don't want to go and say, "Oh yeah, I remember the Nick." So that there's a, there's a scene in the Nick where this guy uh, has this guy's wife, one of the one of the doctors in the hospital, his wife um, like loses a baby. I b- I believe like. has a miscarriage I believe if I remember correctly anyway she's really depressed so his wife is just like moping around the house super depressed won't talk she like completely shuts down so he sends her to another doctor like he sends her to like um, like a psychiatrist I think and uh, in like an institution and after like a week he goes to visit and um, they've pulled out all of her teeth Cause they were like, you know, um, she's going insane. We think your wife is insane and we think it's from infections in her teeth. So we just pulled her teeth out. So the, you see this woman, she has no teeth at all. They literally just pulled all of her teeth out. They're like, well, we didn't want to take any chances. So uh, your wife has no teeth anymore. Um, you know, but your teeth are right by your goddamn brain. So when you get an infected tooth, like that infection is right by your. Uh, ugh. Now this kind of stuff really gets me. It really gets me worried. Mm. And look at that; it's been an hour. Um. I think we really did it, guys. Um. I'll try and have a guess. I think Busy and I are gonna actually start recording together like fairly regularly. I think we figured, I think we finally figured out a way to actually do it. And I think it's gonna happen very soon. I'm very excited about this cause, um, cause I love Busy and I love having her uh, around and uh, she makes me laugh a lot and uh, she also takes a lot of the pressure off me trying to fill an hour uh, cause Busy can talk. She's got a talk show, so um, stay tuned. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys, and uh, I hope you have a great weekend. Wash your hands. Stay healthy. I think we're on the downward slope of flu season, Uh, so hang in there. (laughs) And uh, take care. Thanks, guys. Bye.